Hey everybody, thanks for joining me. I'm Becky Campos with Becoming a Critical Health Thinker and you're listening to episode 45, Sugars for Life, part five. While I've been making my way through Sugars for Life, it seems like for a long time, but there's so much information to cover and quite frankly, I got behind in podcasting for many reasons lately, but I'm back and I hope that you stick with me. I'm sorry that it's a little bit uh, slow, but I promise uh, all of the information that I've been working on will be uh, posted as soon as possible. Well, I've been answering the question, Becky, what do you eat? And this is my most frequent asked question I've received over the last 20 years, and I've been answering it by introducing you to the law of nutrition. So um, as you can see, the law of nutrition addresses numerous categories and levels of nutrition. And I've chosen the more and most basic and necessary nutritional information to cover on becoming a critical health thinker. And Sugars for Life is central to reclaiming your health from any condition, especially cancer, and for the sake of prevention. So in episode 43 and uh, actually 43 and 44, I introduced you to my favorite whole food sweeteners and why I chose them to sweeten my foods. And today I would like to continue to introduce you to other whole food plant-based sweeteners um, that are available, but I personally have not had the need for them as I rarely bake or or need them in my food supply, except during the holidays and my recipes um, that I make for special occasions. But rarely do my menus and recipes call for sugars or sweeteners, except as I mentioned before, a drizzle of honey or agave, and, uh, and yet, I think that these um, particular sweeteners and sugars that I'll be introducing may be helpful to you. Well, they are monk, fruit, coconut sugar, and date sugar. And I'm sure that if you are a critical health thinker, you've already heard um, some of the information that I may be presenting. And, uh, but it is good information to keep close to you just in case that you would like to try them if you haven't tried them or consider them uh, if my plant sweeteners don't work for you. So that is a very good thing. Well, first, monk fruit, uh, spelled M-O-N-K fruit. And its official name is Ceresia grosvenori and it is categorized as a natural, non-nutritive sweetener. And we'll talk more about that in a moment. Monk fruit is a small round fruit from the Curcutabacea gourd family, and it's native to Southern China. It is created by removing seeds and skin off the fruit, crushing the fruit and collecting the juice and reducing it down to a ready soluble powder form. And haven't we heard that before in Sugars for Life, right? So sugars have to be extracted from um, if they're natural sweeteners or sugars that are refined, they have to be extracted from a plant source. And so here we see it again. 
It is FDA approved as grass, generally recognized as safe in 2010. So it's pretty recent that it has finally come out into the market so that we're seeing it everywhere. It is 150 to 200 times sweeter than sugar. Now, although monk fruit itself contains glucose and fructose, it does not have an impact on glucose and insulin response and contains zero calories because the sweetness is extracted from an antioxidant called magrocytes, which are separated from the glucose and the fructose during processing. So monk fruit and guess what, stevia are similar in non-nutritive substance, but one is a fruit, the other stevia, a perennial herb. So they are not to be confused with artificial non-nutritive sweeteners, which I'll cover in the next episode. Now, monk fruit has, guess what, zero calories, zero fat zero sodium, zero carbohydrates, zero fiber, zero sugar, zero protein, and that's what makes it non-nutritive. Now, stevia and monk fruit are in a class of their own, different from honey, agave, and other uh, whole plant-based sweeteners, which I use since these sweeteners do contribute traces of vitamins and minerals and do affect an insulin response due to their fructose and glucose content. So they're a whole uh, different class and it's a good thing. While monk fruit comes in powder form and in liquid form, just like stevia, it is often combined with a plant alcohol erythritol, which is known to unsettle and disrupt digestion and can after prolonged use negatively affect the microbiome deep within the intestines where the community of fungi, bacteria, and viruses, both good and bad, exist. And that is something we do not need, right? It can throw the Dean principle off, the digestion, elimination, absorbency, assimilation, and normalcy. And so you don't want to do that. And uh, that's one reason I would not consume monk fruit if it has to have a combination of this plant alcohol erythritol, then I probably will stay away from it. And I have never really actually consumed it uh, myself, but I have friends that use it and and love it, love it more than uh, stevia. And so the difference here is that you don't have to have the erythritol because you can have stevia or some other kind of sweetener. And that's going to be a very, very uh, personal decision. Next is coconut sugar. And coconut sugar has been around for some time and you see it everywhere. Also called coconut palm sugar, not to be confused with palm sugar, which is a different kind of sugar. Because it is made from coconut palm sap, which is the sugar in the coconut plant, the sugar liquid is extracted from the coconut plant, collected, heated, and evaporated into a brown and granulated sugar. And so here we see that extraction again coconut palm sugar is categorized as sucrose, which will 
require an insulin response because it contains four grams of carbohydrates per teaspoon and uh, similar to white refined sugar but just in lower amounts however it is lower uh, in glucose and fructose than white processed sugars however sucrose it does have the glucose and the fructose uh, combination there and so we can know that some of those sugars are going to go to the liver so coconut sugar maintains many of its nutrients such as iron and calcium potassium and zinc but as with other sweeteners um, when they're processed they're still there but they are there in a minimal sense and so i never count on any sugar for my zinc potassium and calcium i count on my raw foods uh, for those and so that's a good thing and finally date sugar now date sugar has been around for a long time and it is a very beloved uh, sweetener in the health and wellness industry i can recall when i was uh, going down to my nature paths office in scottsdale for um, nutritional protocols and ivs uh, back in those early days and uh, having a discussion with a group of people at that time that i met about how they were exiting the sugar kingdom is like i i like to to say it and uh, they all had their own ways of sweetening their foods but one thing's for sure they were exiting uh, the highly processed white refined sugar and date sugar was one of the sugars that they were all investigating and this is 20 years ago so it's been around for a long time and so date sugar is very popular in lifestyle medicine and is derived from the date palm tree on which clusters of dates hang off the top of the palm tree each palm uh, begins to bear fruit within four to five years and they are approximately 75 feet tall and up to a thousand dates may emerge on one bunch weighing up to 18 pounds so you can imagine what it takes to harvest these uh, dates there's so much information and beauty on how they are grown and masterfully um, removed from the 75 foot tall palm tree and uh, here in the united states there are so many uh, ways that this agriculture has been advanced but in ancient times can you imagine and uh, even now in uh, maybe some less developed countries they still uh, harvest them they still there's still agriculture a date agriculture but harvesting is so much more difficult for them and yet uh, you can purchase dates anywhere and so the dominion is there and uh, it's beautiful to to watch now um, the Aceracea family and grown uh, in the Middle East Canary Islands Pakistan India Africa and California and here in Arizona they are known for their buttery flavor high fiber and categorized as a stone fruit and all parts of the palm can be used for a variety of economic resources and I love um, to think about the dominion that uh, man has made and has um, throughout the ages come to discover 
in the creation and in the creative order. All parts of the date palm yield products of economic value, according to Britannica.com. Its trunk furnishes timber, the midribs of the leaves supply material for crates and furniture, the leaflets for basketry, and the leaf bases for fuel and fruit stalks for um, and fruit stalks for rope and fuel and the fiber for cordage and packing material. Can you believe it? And the seeds are sometimes ground and used as stock feed syrup alcohol vinegar and a strong liquor are derived from the fruit the sap is also used as a beverage either fresh or fermented but because the method of extraction seriously injures the palm only those trees that produce little fruit are used for sap so when a palm is cut down the tender terminals bud is eaten as guess what a salad and so you can watch a great video on YouTube called Dates Palm Harvesting by Noal Farm, N-O-A-L Farm. Absolutely fantastic. You can see the work of dominion for man advanced in agriculture uh, throughout the ages, uh, revealing the creator's self-revelation, right? There is so much labor that goes on into um, our food supply and I love it. I love to think about it. I don't take it for granted as I used to. It is uh, the Creator, God's self-revelation, calling out His existence, and I love it. Noel Farm channel on YouTube is an amazing resource for uh, learning about how foods are supplied and manufactured and cared for and grown and harvested and I hope you check them out. Well, date sugar is made with dehydrated, grounded, pitted dates. And this is a well-loved sweetener as even after processing, it still contains uh, trace uh, minerals and vitamins. And so in my early years of making my way through the sugar kingdom, I had to seriously consider how I was going to sweeten my food supply. And recipes and date sugar was at the top of my list now you want to pay attention to the amount of grams of sugar per fourth cup say uh, which is 36 grams and so because of the uh, amount of sugars uh, found in this particular uh, source uh, I decided to consume them uh, very rarely, maybe it, when I'm purchasing some kind of a packaged uh, wholesome grain bar or so forth. But I don't use them in my baking simply because I try to keep my uh, sugars to very low. And uh, But it is a great alternative because it's straight from the dates, straight from the natural sweetener found within the dates. And... Uh, as for me, I don't use them uh, and uh, used them in the beginning, but to realize that I really had to hone down my sugars to remember I was in a grim diagnosis in a position of weakness, um, virtually dying at the end of the year. So my doctor said, and I needed to be as extreme 
and consistent as I could. So I lowered all my sugars to just virtually nothing and then reintroduced them responsibly after I reclaimed my health and have continued in that manner. And I would never say do not consume dates, don't make you know special crusts because I know I have a lot of people that I know that use it to sweeten um, crusts for pies and uh, milkshakes or um, almond milkshakes and so forth. And I would never say don't consume it. I would say it's a wonderful resource, but you have to make sure that you keep um, and calculate how much sugars and sweeteners you are consuming. Uh, I do say that you should consider consuming your sugars in small or in, in virtually small quantities and uh, high qualities. And that's the way I do it. And so this is a food, a whole food structure to our being sweetener. And uh, you can consume it, but keeping it to low quantities and high qualities would be uh, the principle. Consuming them responsibly is central to reclaiming your health and for the prevention of disease. Both coconut and date sugars are lower on the glycemic index, which we'll talk about in another episode, up to 50% than table sugar, and both are good for baking. And so as I mentioned, I have known many people who do use it, and uh, these two plant-based sweeteners uh, are uh, delicious and here it is worth noting that health is first how we think and then what we do so reducing your intake of any sugars even whole foods structured to our being sugars or sweeteners consuming them again it's worth constantly repeating it low quantities and high qualities in guess what nutrient dense recipes is a good thing Well, we have arrived at this podcast, Critical Health Thinking Skill or Application, and I have two today. So if you haven't already exchanged your highly processed, highly manufactured, highly refined white table sugar and all things manufactured sugars, including high fructose corn syrup, with a more natural structure to your being whole food sweetener, such as stevia, succinat, honey, and agave, Consider checking out these three other sugars, especially for all things baking, monk fruit, coconut, and date sugar. And we're just around the corner into the baking season. It is uh, today is September 16th, 2022. Can you believe it? And we're headed into the holidays. Exiting the highly processed manufactured sugar kingdom is crucial in the work of assisting our bodies, self-healing, self-cleansing, and self-rejuvenating capabilities, and certainly for interrupting cancer initiation, promotion, and progression. Which brings me to the second critical health thinking skill today. If you haven't had a chance to listen to Cancer is Not a Mystery, Episode 17, or Knowing Your Enemy, Parts 1 through 7, which began, I think it's Episode 18, I hope you get to do so because Sugars for Life and all things lifestyle medicine cannot be separated uh, from the entirety of the work of becoming a critical health thinker. And that is a very good thing. 
you can't imagine what a difference it will make to master consuming sugars responsibly and continue in your journey to becoming a critical health thinker. And please join me for episode 46, Sugars for Life, part six, as I introduce you to artificial sweeteners. And as always, it is my hope that after all your listening, you will experience how simple health really is. <music>